guess what? You're going to you can be successful a lot of times. You're also going to fail. You, if the process is right, sometimes it, it, nothing's going to work 100% of the time. But So if you do the process right and you still fail, you got to go, okay, the process is right. I trust it. The next time I'm going to succeed. You hear all the bull about marketing every day. Make your money in your sleep. My new offer is crushing it. My guru could beat up your guru. It's time to go right to the source and get the truth about marketing. With your host, the founder of CopyChief.com, Kevin Rogers. Hey, welcome back to The Truth About Marketing. It's Kevin Rogers. This is the show where you go deep with the doers, the people out there in the trenches making it happen, working every day in their businesses, measuring results, and generously sharing those results with you. So we get to learn uh, the stuff that produced surprising results in their business. Really excited for this interview today with Jim Harshaw. Jim is a former NCAA Division I wrestling champ. Uh, he's also a division, former Division I coach. And uh, take a, a read of Jim's about page, really fascinating, at jimharshawjr.com. And he talks about how he had all the success as a wrestler. He overcame failure as a wrestler. And then, of course, you know, sports end and you move into life. And he was seeing similar patterns of just feeling like he was coming up short uh, or certainly not living up to his best potential. And then he applied the same principles that he did with wrestling to ultimately win that championship. And now he teaches uh, entrepreneurs, athletes, wrestlers, basically anybody who wants to get ahead in life, uh, how to do it. He has a great podcast called uh, Wrestling with Success. And you can find all this at jimharshaw.com. I'm sorry, jimharshawjr.com. So Jim, thanks for being here. I'm really excited for this talk today. Excellent. Yeah, Kevin, I'm excited to be here too, man. I've listened to a bunch of your shows. I've, I've heard you for years on various podcasts. So uh, it's pretty cool to actually be on your show now. Thanks. Cool. Yeah, this will be fun, man. Uh, it's really fascinating to me. You know, I'm a guy who I'm 46 and probably only began to truly appreciate what it means to be an athlete in the last couple of years. And that doesn't mean at all that I became anything I would call an athlete. <laughs> but I did challenge myself in ways that I never had before. Like I actually took some boxing classes and sparred with some guys and got bopped in the head a few times, you know. And, <laughs> and I tell you, boy, it's really invigorating and, and enlightening. And uh, my first thought was, gosh, why didn't I do this 20 years ago? <laughs> when I could have actually been good at it and not immediately concerned for my health, you know, every time I get hit. <laughs> but uh, so it's, youth is wasted on the young, they say. Yeah, totally right. And so I have a new appreciation, sort of, I guess, late in life, you would say, for this whole mindset of, of, of athletes and top performers. And I'm sure there's lots of parallel. Like you say, you you also coach you know, billionaires, entrepreneurs, you know, all, all kinds of people. And so talk to me about the common threads. Like what are the few things that athletes deal with and have to have to get over to that next level that everybody just trying to get through life and trying to get to the next level and whatever they do share? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll, I'll start with kind of what you said there is, you know, you're, you're feeling more like an athlete now in your life than ever. And 
you know, to be successful as an athlete, I'll put it in a way that a good friend of mine once told me he was the national soccer player of the year, national player. Player, the NCAA Soccer Player of the Year. His name is Mike Fisher. He's a doctor now, but uh, it was right after we had both just graduated, and we were having a drink one evening, and he said, you know, Jim, if you're willing to go through enough pain and suffering, you can be successful at anything. And I thought to myself, gosh, you know, I, 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 you know, I know as a wrestler I've gone through pain and suffering. You know, it's just kind of one of those sports as a, as a combat sport. You go through a lot of pain and suffering, and that's when you win, you know. And, and, and he, he said this about success. And the more I go through life now, and I'm, I'm now 40, and, and I look back and I realize that's true about anything. You know, you look at successful people, and, and they've, to get there, you got, you've got to go through a lot of pain and suffering and, and failure. And so the common thread among, you know, for, for become, being successful as an athlete and being successful in the real world is certainly experiencing, I mean, you're on the way to success, you're going to experience pain and suffering. You're going to experience failure. And, mm. and, and my Ted talk, I, I, I said, you know, failure and success aren't opposites. Mm. You know, failure is a necessary step on the path to success. It's, it, but in our society, we think we, you know, we think that they're opposites, right? You're either a failure or you're a success. Well, that's, that's not the case. They're the same thing. Failure is just one of those things you have to experience along on, on the way to success. Most people just jump off. They, they lower their goals. They settle. They, they give up on their dreams after their first, second, third, fourth, fifth, tenth failure. But the successful people are just the ones who have been willing to fail more but, but continue pushing through. And that's, that's the case as an athlete and that's the case for entrepreneurs and, and other successful people. And so as an athlete, you're able, to, you're able to use failure as your secret weapon for success, right? Because mm-hmm. you've got these things in place in your life that, that we – once, once athletes kind of – you know, retire, move on, whether you're a high, you know, middle school, high school athlete, college athlete, whatever, Olympian, we have these things in place that allow us to push through failure and adversity and struggle and setback because we have very clear goals. We know exactly what's important to us. We know why it's important to us. We have an action plan to achieve our goals. Hmm. We have a coach. We have mentors. We have uh, uh, teammates who hold us accountable, and we're holding them accountable. We experience the lows with them. We experience the, experience the highs with them. We have a plan for follow-through. So we have all these things in place that allow us as athletes to, to accomplish amazing things. Well, then, then an athlete graduates and, and, and retires, and, and all of a sudden you don't have any of these things in place, right? Yeah. So the next time you encounter a struggle – setback, failure, adversity, you're more likely because you don't have a coach or mentor or teammates and and even a lot of people don't have clear goals because you don't have those in place, you settle, you let go. So I've created a system, basically a blueprint for, for how to recreate that environment in the real world so that you can be successful in anything, not just in athletics, but you can take that sort of blueprint. Whether you're an athlete or not, you know that Athletes have coaches and clear goals and mentors and et cetera, all this, this sort of environment around them to be successful. It's like how you, how do you, you know, I, I teach people how to recreate that in the real world. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. And that's crucial. And it's interesting as you talk about, you know, being young and being an athlete and having this clear goal, uh, how much of that gets, you know, screwed up just on the journey to adulthood, Right. 
You know, I, I'm curious if you yeah. if you come across that. Are you familiar with a book called Mindset by Carol Dweck? You know that book? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I got it on my reading list. I haven't read it yet. I'm dying to read oh, it. Oh, you're going to love it's it. One of the most recommended books of my guests on my podcast. Oh, really? Well, yeah. you, have you read uh, The Art of Learning by Josh Waitzkin? Yes, I have. Okay, so he you've kind of got it then. You know, he has a whole yeah. section in his book that he uh, basically, you know, recaps what Dweck teaches. But it's this idea of how there's two mindsets. There's fixed and then there I forget the other one now. Growth, uh, fixed and growth. growth. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, this happens a lot and you see it now more and more. And I'm talking as a parent here in uh, having, you know, you see so many parents who are helicopter parents and nothing their kid does is, is wrong. And we know through people like Dweck and Waitskin that that is so damaging. You know, what do you do with somebody like a young athlete who is afraid to fail because they feel like their identity is wrapped up in only the successes they've had? Yeah, that's a hard, you know, I was just thinking about that on my drive in to, to my office this morning about how as an athlete, you identify, you identify with that, that failure, right? Um, and as entrepreneur, you know, for the listener, the entrepreneur, it's the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same, you know, you, 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 you bleed for this thing, you know, this, this, this championship you want to win or this company that you want to build and you bleed for it. And when you fail, you feel like you're a failure, you know, yeah. failure is an event, not a person, but we, we mm-hmm. feel like a failure is a person when we fail mm-hmm. and and that, that sets you back. You know, it, it, it crushes your motivation. It makes you, like I said, lower your goals, give up on your dreams. And so you have to look at, you have to look at the blueprint, right? The blueprint for successful people. And it helps to read and learn, read books and learn about other successful people and learn about their journey. Because, you know, we see successful people, we see them on television, you know, whether they're business people or athletes or Hollywood superstars, and we just go, oh, man, look at that. You know, their road was was easy. They're successful. Life is good for them. But poor me. Woe is me. My life is a struggle. They don't know what it's like to be me. Well, yeah. guess what? Successful people do. They do know what it's like to be you. So so I think normalizing – to answer your question, normalizing failure is the biggest thing. Mm. You've got to normalize failure. It's it happens to everyone. Okay. It's not, it's not something that just happens to certain people and not other people. And the way I do, I'm a parent too. I've got four young children. You know, I've, I plant this seed in their head young. And the, and the first way that I really point out that failure is a necessary step on the path to success is riding a bicycle. That's mm. the first one. And because yeah. they fail and they fall and they crash and, and sometimes they bleed and skin their knees, you know? And, uh, and when you when you when you relate that to the kid, and say, hey, listen, you know, you, you fail. How, you know, whenever they start riding their bike, I always go, so how many times do you think you fell? How many? How, how long did it take you to learn to ride a bike? And we talk about that. We talk about it, and and they learn it and they figure it out. And then you know, my, as my kids have gotten older, you know, now it's like you know, long division. You know, you struggle. How hard was this in the beginning? How hard was you know, times tables and things like that? And you just keep planting this seed into young people's minds. But now, okay, so, so now what about, what about us? What about you and me, Kevin, and the listener? How do we embrace this? It's, it's having the presence of mind to know that when we failed, okay, whether it's a small failure, whether it's you know, a, a piece of copy that doesn't work, it doesn't convert, mm-hmm. or, it's, uh, it, or it's a whole company that fails, or, you, know, you have investors, et cetera, that, and, and you fail – You've got to go, okay, this, this, is, 
this is part of the process and it sucks. It hurts. You, you know, you, you're, you're crushed. You feel like you have no hope and, mm. and there's no way out, but you've got to have that presence of mind to, to, to understand that this is part of the process. You know, Abraham Lincoln, he failed his first seven times running for office. Imagine mm. if he quit. Right. 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 I mean, Michael Jordan, he failed. I think it was 26 times he was trusted with the game winning shot in basketball games and he failed. Hmm. You know, what if Michael Gordon, Michael Jordan said, you know, ah, I'm just not. I guess not I good, suck. Not good enough. I guess I <laughs> suck. Right. It's, I guess it's not for me. Right. You've got it. You've got to have a short term memory. Yeah, that's it. And you see that in sports. Yeah, I love watch. You hear it all the time in football, uh, all sports, really. But particularly with quarterbacks, you know. They'll throw that interception, and you can see him on the yeah. sideline. And I'm always watching. I'm more interested in you know the sideline shots sometimes than the game shots. Sure. Because I, I go, okay, is he sitting on the bench with his head in his hands, uh, or is he like almost laughing it off? I want to see him laugh it off and go, all right, that happened. We're good. Right. D, go give me the ball back. We'll fix it. You know. And yeah. Then, and then you're like, all right, we're gonna be okay. But man, if he's over there kicking over the water cooler. <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> sulking you're like oh man, yeah then you screwed. know the game's gonna go downhill from there <laughs> yeah that's it, not the kind of leader you want and that, you yeah. know it's a parent you don't want to be that parent you know like i like my wife has really embraced this now too and it's like she i mean she's way better she's a she's a licensed therapist and counselor so she's always been way better at this stuff than i am but like you know when you, you know when when she spills something on the floor you know i like the memory i do have like she actually had spilled, oh, she spilled milk. It was a, a whole gallon of milk and she had dropped it and the lid was off and it spilt everywhere. Uh, and, you know, if it was me, I'd be cursing and kicking <laughs> and, you know, I'd be that guy. And, but she just talked about it. Like these things happen and she just, you know, the kids were all watching. It was right in the middle of the kitchen. Hmm. And you just kind of talk about it. these things happen and this is part of it. And, you know, sometimes you knock things over and, and life goes on, you know, it's not a big deal. Yeah. And, and we have to plant those seeds young for kids and, and man, as entrepreneurs, we're, put, we're, we're, we're taking the risk, right? We're taking yeah. the entrepreneurial risk to build something or, or put out a piece of copy and, and try to actually sell something and get people to actually take action and convert. And guess what? You're going to fail. It's guaranteed. Just yeah. like in sports, failure is guaranteed. At some point, some way, some, it's, you're guaranteed to fail along the way. Yeah, and, and it's a gift if you look at it as such. That's and, right. And, and it's really it's how you react to it. And you, know, you bring up a great point about the, your wife spilling the milk you know, you could equate that to, look, as entrepreneurs, many of us live our lives online now. We have a Facebook presence. We, you know, we have a social media presence and people are aware of our plans oftentimes. And if something doesn't go well, uh, they're probably going to know. And then you have an opportunity to either you, you could you could come on and, 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 and scream about it and blame other people. Or you could say, ah, you know, here's what we learned. We, you know, we made some mistakes, but I'm going to share them with you and hopefully you can avoid them, you know, or you could, uh, there's several, you know, that's a, that's a key moment. And that's what people are kind of judging your character. And really that reveals a lot more about you, how you act in those moments of failure than, than success. Uh, most people are only reporting their success, but if you, and this is what I talk about in the 60 second sales talk, why that struggle is such an integral part of that formula, because a lot of people in big corporations, especially, are just really uptight about sharing any failure, any struggle. Yeah. So not only what you're talking about, Jim, is this such an important moment for us to embrace it and look at it as the, uh, the catapult to success, but 
to you know embrace it as it's happening and be real about it and share the lessons. That's that's crucial. Let's. It, it, and let me share one quick lesson in in, in this sort of a, through a story if that's if, yeah, if we got great. a minute. My yeah, you know, I talk about this in my TED talk, and I got my TED talk posted on my website. That's perfect. It's a that, short that's one. what I was going to ask you about. Yeah, yeah, it, it's jimharshawjr.com slash TED, and if you, you can watch it there, so jimharshawjr.com slash TED, and you can watch my my six minute talk, seven minute video total. And I talk about my failures. My 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 I failed and I failed and I failed and I failed as a, as a college athlete. And, and at the national championships is where I failed. It's there's fifteen thousand people. You think wrestling's kind of a niche sport, but it's mad. It's a huge, huge audience and fan base. And there's fifteen thousand people in the arena. Wow. And and I failed right year after year. And finally, I get to my senior year, and I'm thinking like, what what can I do? And I even say this in my TED talk. I say, there's no, I couldn't have run more miles. I couldn't have lifted more weights. Couldn't have watched more film. I couldn't have. There's not enough hours in the day. I can't do anymore. Right. And so. This is kind of getting to the psychology of, of performance as an entrepreneur and performance as, a, as an athlete or performance as a, as a parent or, or anything you want to do well in life. And going into my senior season, into my last season, I said, screw it. I don't, I, whatever happens, happens. I'm going to go compete. I'm going to, I'm going to go as hard as I can. I'm going to train as hard as I can. And whatever happens at the end of the season, wherever the chips fall, I'm going to be okay with it because that's all I can control. I can't control. And I realize that I cannot control winning and losing hmm. just like you can't control success or failure in a business. And I know some people are kind of looking at me, you know, thinking about this, this, you know, looking at me silly right now, but like you can't control that. You can control the process, right? You can control as an athlete, you can control how you train, mm -hmm. the food you eat, the, 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 um, the words that you say, the techniques that you practice, um, how many hours you practice, the film that you can control, all of these things, you can't, you can't control your opponent, right? So, so as an entrepreneur, it's the same thing. You know, you can control certain things. You can control, you know, the books that you read and the people you interact with and the words that you say to yourself and you can control your copy, but you can't control necessarily, let's say the conversion rate, but you can, you know, if you look at it that way, you now can go, okay, I'm empowered over this. You know, sometimes we go, oh, just people don't want to, you know, people are, you know, they're just, they just don't know what I'm selling. They're not, you know, they don't have the, the wisdom to see what, that I'm selling something great. Well, it's yeah. like, let go of success and focus on the process. And I thought I had discovered this thing, like my senior year, I had this great season and I finally achieved my goals. And, and I'm like, man, I, I learned that, you know, I came up with this great philosophy and I realized that all the great coaches have this same philosophy. John Wooden, he's a legendary basketball coach at UCLA. He, he, he never talked about winning. He talked about the process. It's right. It's about the process. And if you you follow the process, just like in one of your your recent uh, your recent podcasts with um, Ellen Bowman, I think it was, she talked mm -hmm. about this process, right? This yeah. pro if you focus on that process, the outcome takes care of itself. I mean, you can't really control the outcome, but you can control the process. And if you think about things that way, failure becomes less relevant. You know, it's the process that's more relevant. And if the process is wrong, you tweak it, you improve it. If the process is right, guess what? You're going to, you're going to be successful. A lot of times you're also going to fail. You, if the process is right, sometimes it, it, nothing's going to work hundred percent of the time. But so if you do the process right and you still fail, you got to go, okay, the process is right. I trust it. The next time I'm going to succeed. Hmm. That's great, Jim. Yeah. And, and you know, it's kind of freeing, isn't it? Right. If you think about, well, cause you can fix a process Right? And you can optimize a process right. and you can learn 
what went wrong, what you would have done wrong, and and you can you know make it a little better. And in marketing, that's everything. It's it's constantly testing and measuring results. And you know it might be it might be minute five uh, of video two <laughs> in your funnel that's creating a lot of trouble. But if yeah. you're not seeing uh, where people are dumping off in your process, you'll just never know that. And that's right. So I, I love that. Uh, it's all about the process. Talk to us about the TED Talk real quick because, yeah. uh, you know, I know that this is a big goal for, for anybody to do a TED Talk. And you mentioned to me that, you know, it came at a time when when speaking publicly was something you wanted to improve. Yeah, so it came at a, it came really out of a failure. I, I spoke at an event and it, it actually I shouldn't I should back out and say I didn't even speak at the event. I, I raised my hand to, to ask a question and about 250 people turned and looked at me and I got really nervous and I like kind of I, I asked the question but like my I was just so nervous and I'm like goodness gracious why I've got to get comfortable you know it's everybody's you know the biggest fear you know there's surveys and studies and research that shows every, like the number one fear that people have is is speaking in public right. and, I, and I had and still have really that fear and I'm like I've got to do something about this just like I have a fear of heights but I've jumped out of an airplane twice. I've rock climbed, bungee jumped. You know, I love sort of facing my fear and overcoming it. So I'm like, I've got to do something about this because I know that communication is so important, whether it's public speaking or just communicating an idea or copywriting, marketing, et cetera. So I, I joined Toastmasters. So for the listener, if you don't know what Toastmasters is, it's, a, it's a, basically a, a, a nonprofit. There's, there's, you know, there's chapters in every city in the country, a bunch of chapters in most cities where you have an opportunity to speak. They have these meetings once a week and typically it's once a week and you show up and it's really structured and you have, you have different opportunities to speak. You could be a, 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 a speaker, you could give a speech that day or you could have these different sort of leadership roles helping to run this sort of formalized meeting. And it's all just about practicing speaking in front of people and practicing communication. So I did. I signed up for Toastmasters. I'm like, you know, I, I don't have a whole lot of time. But I'm going to go once a month. That was my goal, once a month. So I've been doing this for about six months, just getting better, getting more comfortable in front of people, getting more comfortable speaking. And I'm driving down the road. It's funny how when you start taking action, you know, just taking action on whatever it is you want to achieve, start moving towards things, the opportunities show up, right? Mm -hmm. Those opportunities might have been there before. You wouldn't have seen them. But when you're taking action, these opportunities arise and you, and you notice them. So I heard a commercial on the radio. It said apply for the Charlottesville TED event, Charlottesville TEDx uh, speaking event. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this sounds cool, but I'm too busy. I, yeah, I'd have your application in by the end of the day, and I didn't have enough time. I didn't have time that day. I had like 20 hours of work to do in a 10-hour day. So I'm like, I don't have time to get this thing in. So I had to be in by 5 o'clock, and I'm like, 4 o'clock rolls around. I'm like, you know what? I got to do this. I got to do this. So I literally ran out to my car, sat. I put my, my phone in front of my face, and I, I submitted. I created a two-minute YouTube video, sent it in. That was my... Uh, application, my submission. And 65 people applied. 25 of us got chosen to speak at a smaller event. There was about 500 people, 500 people in the audience at this sort of smaller open mic night event. 25 of us spoke and I got voted. I, I got voted number one. I got, wow. I got chosen to speak at the main event, which is actually one of the top in the top 1% of TED events in the world wow. is the Charlottesville event. And so, uh, so I got to speak and that's, that's how this all came about. But it came about from a failure and taking action on that failure instead of saying, oh, I just suck. It's something I'm not good at. Right. You know, I know there's a lot of 
lot of discussion out there, especially in recent years, is like, do you work on your strengths or do you work on your weaknesses? Well, I think mm. you bet on your strengths, but you improve your weaknesses. And that's what I was doing. I was improving one of my weaknesses. And it's become my, my greatest marketing asset. You know, so I have this TED Talk called Why I Teach My Children to Fail. And now I've been inter, inter, you know, uh, brought on to speak it. It's some in front of some great organizations at the University of Virginia and uh, I actually have a potential opportunity to speak uh, to the Darden School of Business, which is one of the top business schools in the world. Yeah. I've been invited to speak over there by one of the professors. So, um, so all these sort of opportunities have come up because I took action on my failure. Excellent. I love that. And again, yeah, it would be so easy to go, oh man, I can fix this. I'll never ask a question. <laughs> <laughs> right. When there's a mic in the room, again, right. It's <laughs> problem solved. Problem solved, yeah. Uh, and uh, that talk, no, uh, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. <laughs> that's right. That's so cool. Yeah, I've heard about the pro Somebody, there's a great article. You really enjoy this uh, about preparing a TED talk. A, a guy named Tim Urban, who has a real fun blog called Wait But Why. It's at waitbutwhy.com. And he just did a, a TED talk on the main stage. And he talks about how it's, such a process, you know, and it's, it's pretty formal and you have to sort of audition in front of their panel and all these things. Did you receive a lot of guidance and guidelines from the TED people themselves? So what happened was I, so I submitted my two minute video and I submitted that to the organizing committee and basically what they had, they had already lined up all their speakers mm -hmm. and, a, and a lot of the TEDx events have, sort of community speaker opportunity. So they had already chosen everybody except for one. Every speaking spot except for one had mm -hmm. been filled. And they brought in people from all over the world, all over the country. And this was the sort of one opportunity for the community speakers. So I didn't even really have this on my radar until I heard it all about it on the, on the radio. Um, so I submitted that. And then so as soon as I submitted my, my two-minute talk and I got accepted as, to the open mic night, so for the first round, um, I talked to as many people as I could talk to, you know, uh, I, I'm a big believer in mastermind groups and, and just, you know, you know, having a coach, having a mentor, having people around you just like athletes do. And so I just asked a lot of questions, talked to a lot of people who were either spoke. I, I actually knew the guy who had won the prior year. He had an amazing, amazing speech talk that he gave. And I, I went to him I'm like, Hey man, how do I nail this? How do I crush it? Mm -hmm. And he gave me some pointers and talked to a couple other people. So I got, so I didn't have any official help there. And then once I won that event, again, that was a, a there was about 500 people in the audience and, and they, it was by audience vote. I won that. And after that, once I was selected, I got assigned a speaker coach, a speaking mm -hmm. coach. So I actually worked with a speaking coach for about a month because I took my two minute message and then the open mic night was expanded it to four minutes. And it was, you know, it was just very, very, very short. And as soon as I learned that I was accepted to speak at the main event, I, I, I wrote out this 15-minute speech. And then, like, they're like, no, no, Jim, you have a six-minute speech. I'm like, crap. You know, so I got to, like, hone this thing down. And I was really bummed initially about only getting the six-minute uh, window. But it's been the best thing ever. You know, again, yeah. it kind of it depends on how you look at things. You know, it turns out I had to hone my message down to six minutes. And that's really hard to do. But when you do, you're cutting out all the fluff. So it's six minutes of yeah. pure impact content. And people will listen to a six-minute talk before they listen to a 15-minute talk. Right. So the number of listens on it have been much higher because of that. And a lot of people have uh, – I've had more speaking opportunities and more business opportunities Purely because I was forced to do something I didn't 
that I was bummed out about initially. Hey, it's Kev here. We're about to get to the essential question of the show. But first, if you'd like to go deeper into all the marketing strategies that the top pros are using to really move the needle on their sales, then I invite you to come join us on the inside of Copy Chief. Go to copychief.com forward slash join, J-O-I-N, and uh, see a special offer for uh, you to come check it out. And what you'll do in there is you could uh, enjoy one of the trainings. We've got 12 different trainings on how to improve your copy. Uh, We also have uh, an invitation to you to post up your copy and get reviews, friendly, happy, helpful reviews from all the cool copywriting pros hanging out in Copy Chief. So it's a great community. You really love it. Tons of valuable information. We want to help you sell better. Come join us at copychief.com forward slash join. I love it. I love it. That's a great story. All right, Jim Harshaw, let's get to the essential question of the show. Uh, It's all been great so far, so I'm really fascinated to hear your answer. What is the one thing you've done in your marketing that has produced the most surprising results? It's than this and this is not you know like like most really highly effective things this is not a secret and it's it's been guest posting blog post guest blog posting and getting another other people's podcast so it's basically leveraging somebody else's just you know all, all your listeners right now the listener is probably never heard of me and now they're now they're hearing about me so it's leveraging the community and the audience of of others to get your message out. So we all have our own audiences and leveraging somebody else's audience. And, and whether that's, you know, that can be through networking, literally just, just connecting with somebody who's in a, posi- in, a, in a position of influence and in your local community, at your chamber of commerce, or getting on other podcasts or, or getting uh, guest posting, you know, TED, uh, you know, I've got my TED Talk, which is basically an extension of that. You know, they already have a brand and right. I was plugged into their brand and on their website now. And so I've gotten a lot of traffic and recognition. So any way you can do that. And, and it's always about bringing value. You know, it's not about saying, hey, how can you help me? It's about, hey, how can I help you? And then they, they want to, you know, that, that's, that's how you can really, you know, get invited to come onto a podcast or a guest post or, or uh, speak at an event or whatnot. But I'll, I'll sort of give you this sort of second part answer to that question. And it's this. After a talk that I gave just recently, a, a guy came up to me and he said, and it was an older gentleman, and he said, Jim, anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. <laughs> and I said, what? And it's like, you know, I said, my, my dad was, you know, he's a blue collar guy, didn't go to college, but he taught me a lot of amazing things. And one of the things he told me is anything worth doing is worth doing well. And he said, no, Jim, what I'm talking about is, the first time you do something, you're gonna, it's going to be done poorly. You know, the first time you launch a website, the first time you launch a, a piece of copy or do some marketing or start a business, it's not going to be done quite right. But you've got to launch it. You've got to take action. You've got to try because your first one's going to be your worst one. And then it's going to get better from there. So for the listener, I, just, I, I want you to take action. I mean, take action on that thing, that big, scary, hairy obstacle in front of you. That you know, Identify what's the one thing that you're not doing that if you were would launch your business forward. Identify that one thing and take action. For me, it was that, it was 
it's public speaking and, and, and you know certainly there's some luck there but man you can't you can't stumble into something unless you're moving forward and I, I firmly believe that and I've seen that happen over and over and over awesome that's great Jim uh, excellent answer and excellent interview thank you so much for joining us everybody you can go find out all about uh, Jim Harshaw at Jim Harshaw junior.com you can see his ted talk you can hear his podcast wrestling with success and again you don't need to be a former athlete to really appreciate the content there as you've heard today he's got an active blog and a really cool download uh that you can get called what is it jim the eight um the eight habits of successful former athletes and it's really amazing to sort of hear about these uh it's all just sort of habits that i've extracted from people who've become CEOs and billionaires and astronauts and sort of the habits they, they live their life by. And, uh, and I'll make everything available if you want. I, I've got several other downloads that we can put at, uh, I can create a, a link on my website. We can call it jimharshawjr.com slash, that's, uh, I'll create it called truth, jimharshawjr.com slash truth. Awesome. Um, and if you go to that for the listener, you can download not only that eight habits, but also I have a goal setting worksheet there. Uh, I've got a mastermind ebook that uh, I'll make all that stuff available for the listener right there. Cool. Thank you, Jim. That'll be, that'll be great. We'll be sure to link that into the show notes and, uh, this was great. Let's do it again. Yeah. Likewise. I appreciate the time and, uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. Cause I, I'm tuning in and I'm learning. I love it. Thanks bro. Talk soon, man. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Truth About Marketing podcast. If you like this show and you think other people would like this show, the best way to spread the word is by reviewing and rating the show in iTunes. Just log in, click review, leave a big old fat five-star review, and let everybody know that you dig the show so that they can dig it too. To get all the links and resources we mentioned on today's episode, please go to copychief.com forward slash TAM, as in truth about marketing. And if you'd like to uh, learn more about how you can improve your sales copy with uh, templates, formulas, coaching, feedback, or hiring a pro, do all that on the inside of the members area of copychief.com. And I will look for you there. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.